to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. If you've not yet checked out our new premium membership offering, well, I really think you should. We've added a swathe of new benefits to help your business stand out and to help you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a coaching session with little old me, if you can bear the thought, uh, entry to a great new private discussion group, access to our library of over 80 how-to videos, deals and discounts, and much, much more, all for just $99. Head to our join page to find out more. Now, look, today I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking to Rachel Kujerp. Rachel, in her own words, makes people and businesses fabulous on the internet. Well, she's made herself pretty fabulous, as you'd expect. And I was particularly impressed with how she packaged up her services to clients. And it's this kind of action of bundling up offerings that we're going to explore today. So hello, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here. Good. Now, look, I very nearly stumbled on your name, right, Kujerp, um, and it's spelt, let me tell people, it's spelt K-U-R-Z-Y-P, and how yes. many people do actually struggle with with coming with pronouncing your surname? Pretty much everyone. I actually have a running joke with my partner, um, Sebastian. Every time he introduces me, he actually on purpose says my name incorrectly so that I'll correct him. It's actually an ongoing joke and I have known him for 11 years. So, yeah, I pretty much always tell people, just say it however however you want. I'm not going to take offense and actually use it as a great conversation starter. So try to make it uh, my advantage, I guess. Okay. And so, and would you say you have succeeded in, in turning it to your advantage? Definitely. People always ask me like where it's from and it's, it's Polish. Right. Um, it's actually only my dad, my brother and I and the whole of Australia that has that last name. Right. So it actually works really, really well with branding. And as we'll probably discuss that, you know, my business is all about my name. Um, yeah. And it's just great. Like you get on stage and pretty much always crack a joke um, nice. when people interview me. Yeah. That kind of thing. And literally people always like, I know, they always send me emails and things saying, like, oh, my God, I've got a weird name too. Um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's so funny. It reminds me of, um, this is a slight digression from our topic, but um, we'll just carry on with it for a second. I, I, I wrote an article a few years ago, and boy, did I cop some flack for it. And um, uh, it was quite interesting, uh, the, the flack that I copped, I think, because I was talking about a real estate agent sign outside a house. Right, so you know those big signs outside houses, yeah, yeah. and what often happens is you'll get sort of one, two, or three real estates, real estate agents who put their name and their phone numbers on there. Right, fairly common, yeah. certainly around where I am, that you'll get you might get two or three individuals who've got their name and their phone number slapped all over this this um, you know property sign, and the point that I made in this article, and you know I'd be interested to get your view on this, is that. Amongst those three names on this particular sign was somebody who had a surname very like yours. Now, sure. the point of having that sign and that phone number is, is obviously a form of call to action. You know, if you want to know more about this property, ring one of these three people. 
Now, I just thought yep. as a potential buyer, which I wasn't, but I put myself in the, in the position of one, if I were going to make a phone call and there were three people, three names, none of whom I knew, mm-hmm. would I go for the really tricky one that I might trip up on or would I go for John Smith? Um, and I just sort of said in this article that I must say, if I were kind of driving past that sign and writing down a name, I'd be going for John Smith. Because if I'm going to get, you know, like a, um, a receptionist or somebody who's kind of on the call on the way through, I wouldn't want to have, give myself the pressure of trying to figure out how the heck to pronounce his name. So I said I would call John Smith. And I would say if I was the person with that other name, I would maybe have a different name that I'd use purely for this kind of call to action. What do you think about that? Um, I, well, I definitely don't like take offense to it. And mm. actually I, growing up, I was always Rachel K because people okay. couldn't pronounce my last name. Mm. And then if you see my logo, it's actually RK. And so a right. lot of the time people call me like RK or Rach K because mm. they can't say it. So right. I actually, I think it, I think in some ways it makes sense. Like mm. if it's if it's going to be a barrier, then sure. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. I like I don't. Yeah, it, I, ma- it, it makes sense. Like to Sean and I know people. Like I teach a uh, business class at RMIT, yeah. and a lot of my international students again have chosen names that they like. But I guess more Western names mm. um, that they feel more comfortable like sharing, and that people can say it properly, like such as myself. So I don't embarrass them and embarrass myself stumbling over their name each week no, and okay. they're happy with so i don't know i suppose some people feel like you shouldn't have to do that but yeah and if I, it makes I, everyone else comfortable then i'm all for it yeah i guess the point i was making in that article and I'll, and I'll move us on from here in a sec was that if if the goal of having that name and that number is is a marketing goal which in that instance it is i want people to phone my number that's the pure that's the only outcome yeah. you want from having that sort of sign is then surely from a marketing perspective will make it as easy as possible give yourself the best chance of getting the call and then once people come on you can say hey i just thought i'd let you know that actually my name is pronounced kajerp you know, I didn't put it on the yeah. sign. That's why I put K. But anyway, let's move us on from there because otherwise I'll, I'll cop another load of flack. <laughs> we won't, we won't. So let's go back to the topic du jour, which is to look at this whole notion of kind of packaging your services. And the reason I was particularly keen to talk with you about this is that it is something that I see and, and, I, and I'm sure you will have seen also where sometimes you can get to somebody's website and it's particularly on websites where, where I think these are very useful. And you can just be overwhelmed by what this particular individual does, you know, because it's it's a uh, I guess it's a natural thing that we would want to let everyone know everything that we do. But then the danger is it's a little bit like the kind of sweet shop thing is we put so much stuff in front of people that no one knows what decision to make and where to go. Now, when I went to your website, when I was kind of researching you, um, you know, to before I, I tried to get you onto a podcast, I was looking at what you do and I was thinking, gosh, you make it so clear. You know, you have three at the moment, three really clear sort of packages, a famous blog bundle, you call it unique advantage or instant clarity. You know, you just say, hey, these are the, these are the three key areas. This is what I can do for you. So I wonder if you could just share your thoughts on this and, and how you got to what you currently offer. Sure. I totally agree with you. I work with a lot of clients and, yeah, they come to me and they literally want to list the 30 things that they do, whether it's copywriting work or design work. 
Mm. And yeah, what I always say is I get to your page and it's like a copy dump. I literally have to wade through a whole pot of crap Mm. to get to the good stuff. And Mm. the good stuff for me might be, well, I want to know, do you write film scripts? So as an example, I specialize in film scripts as a copywriter. A lot of people don't do, you know, so you want to make that kind of stuff um, clear. So I guess the reason why I decided to package my services was for three reasons. So firstly, you know, it's important to point out that I don't list everything I do on my website. My website is actually targeted for people such as, you know, your listeners to your podcast, so freelancers, you know, one woman shows, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I do actually work with a whole array of different clients. So I work predominantly with large not-for-profit and for-profit organizations such as universities, the World Bank, that kind of stuff. Okay. But you don't have them on your website? No, I don't. So about a year and a half ago, I flipped my website. So my Mm. website was what you'd expect for someone, which is a writer and communication consultant. I had a page on, you know, marketing, a page on copywriting, et cetera, et cetera. And what I found was that the larger clients were coming to my website and to be honest, they really didn't care. They just wanted to look at my praise page, which features testimonials from clients like them, um, and obviously a list of sort of uh, logos of different organisations that I work for. Mm. So just, just to, to stop that, you there for a sec, so yeah. I'm guessing that what you actually mean by that is not only that they didn't care, but sometimes, presumably, they wouldn't have engaged because it's like, no, 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 hang on a minute, this person does everything. You know, there's that whole specialist sort of nuggets that you're potentially missing yeah exactly and like they just all they were looking at out of all i like five or six different service pages all they were looking Mm. at was uh copywriting and branding yeah so what i did is i decided to flip my website um and actually focus uh on targeting freelance freelancers in the professional community the reason why i did that was firstly for a business reason so every day um about two or three people would email me from this community and be like, can you just help me with figuring out a blog topic? And I was actually looking at my business and I worked out one week, I spent like 15 hours helping freelancers and I was not paid for any of that time. So that's why I decided to flip my website because it wasn't actually stopping me from getting my larger clients, but I was totally not tapping into um, the freelance professional community. So I wanted to target them. And because I was asking the same questions, over and over, but I wasn't charging them. I decided to create packages that solve their questions. Perfect. Let me just stop you there for a sec. I'm going to slow you down for a sec. So just because I want to make sure that people listening really get the lessons that you're giving us. So the first thing is that you realize that you were kind of giving too much away. Um, You also, by the sounds of it, realize that whilst you were giving it away, you were enjoying the work. I got the impression that you like working with that audience. And you clearly had a good sort of check through your own sort of inbox and uh, any other ways that people got to you. And you could see, as you mentioned, that they're asking you the same questions time and time again. So that's all stacking up very nicely then, in, certainly in, in my eyes, to an opportunity. And that's, that's what you're going to move on to now, I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. So I was like, I need to take this opportunity. I either need mm. to stop answering questions, which <laughs> you correctly pointed out, I enjoyed doing, and it was seemed to be a natural fit, or you know, like I actually turned it into something that um, you know is cost effective, etc. So I decided, like I said, that I'd create packages that solve their questions. Yeah. But um, it also, again, on the business side, it allowed me to provide kind of a quick but valuable service in between my larger clients 
as well because my larger clients go for sometimes a couple of months and there's a lot of downtime. Sure. So it also allowed me, yeah, I suppose to like tap into that. Mm. But mostly I wanted which is a whole part of my um, branding. So I'm all about uh, being sort of affordable, approachable and accessible for everyone. I believe that everyone has the right um, to be seen and heard on the internet and in particular to do with writing. So I wanted to provide services that were affordable for small business owners but were also on a smaller scale compared to my larger clients Mm. because, as you know, small businesses actually need help with branding, writing, coaching, except they can't afford ten thousand dollars or more and they don't need services on that scale so i simply scaled down the packages that i was already offering my larger clients and made them more tailored to small businesses and made them accessible and affordable for them fantastic i mean again another just point there and it's so it's so interesting to hear you say this because it's you know you think of that like before you did all this and that situation where somebody gets in touch with you and they just need a little bit of help. They just got a quick question. And so our natural tendency, and when I say our, I mean yours, you know, your tendency, you want to help, you want to serve, you want to support. So you jump in and you probably give away, you know, maybe 10 years of, of your wisdom and knowledge um, in the course of a 20-minute conversation. That person goes away thinking, I can't believe I just got that for nothing. You put the phone down feeling momentarily, you know, very upbeat and and generous and heartwarmed that you've done what you've done and then at the end of the week sit there and realize hang on a minute i've spent eight hours doing that i haven't turned a bean you know but it's it's so interesting i find so many independent professionals in the same sort of space as you are doing that but clearly the you know the light bulbs went off for you and you realize hang on a minute i don't need to do this i love the way that you've You've, you, what, the way you voice it is that in between your big ongoing projects, you've got a number of these little ones, which must be a lovely balance for you in your business. Yeah, definitely. And I guess, I suppose, you know, from the more business side, which is obviously, you know, what triggered me to do these packages in the first place is mm. that I was getting told that, you know, I had to pick just one type of client, which a lot of small business owners do. And I'm not saying that's not a, you know, good piece of advice but I was like actually I want to work with the big clients and the little ones so how can I do this and again you know by creating the different spaces for larger clients and obviously they pay me very well and so then I can you know in some ways kind of create like I said the smaller packages that might not give me as much profit but give me a whole bunch of enjoyment and connection to the community that was the best way to do it and so I think sometimes you know you can be smart with the way that you package your services um, you know, we can talk, I suppose, a little bit more, you know, like why I did it as well um, in mm. terms of like time and offerings, etc. But you can be smart and do that and you don't have to give up huge segments of the market that you enjoy working with just because they don't, you know, bring in huge amounts of money, yeah. as an example. You can Quite make right. it work for you. Okay. And so I'm intrigued then. You say you sort of flipped your website. You created these packages aimed sort of fairly and squarely at, at sort of freelancers and independent bloggers and, you know, people like us. Um, what, where do the corporate people end up then? Have you built a separate presence for them or are they on a different sort of path on the homepage of your site? Where, how do you cater for them? No, I actually simply didn't bother creating another website or anything like that because, like I said, Honestly, like from because I do like I have a lot of uh, processes and back end sort of documents, etc. I'm quite organized, as you can imagine. So mm-hmm. after I finished a project with any of my clients from freelancers to be corporates, I would send out a project form, like feedback form and figure out, you know, why they like me, why they chose me, etc. And each time they said they pretty much just went 
had a quick skim of the homepage, liked the tone of my voice, the way I talked about things, the way I package up the uh, packages, even if it wasn't for them, say if there was a big, large, you know, university, et cetera. And they would simply go to my praise page, look to see that the testimony was backed up, who I said it was. Okay. I would hire me. So they literally, there was no need, to, in my eyes, there was no need to create all of that. It would just be extra work, something else to maintain. Yeah. Um, I actually find that a lot of the bigger clients, which is kind of funny, despite the website not really talking to them, it still sells everything for them because it has my voice. Mm. Um, there's my colors, my approach. And so all of that's still exactly the same no matter what client I work for. So it still sells it. I don't yeah, know okay. if I'm lucky or no, like so, uh, no, I think it's it's uh, look, and I guess that the nature of the uh, the bigger projects that you do, I'm sure word of mouth would play a part there, and also the one piece that I didn't mention that's kind of there, you know, directly alongside your packages, is another section that says projects, and there you talk very clearly that you do one-off projects, you have ongoing retainer clients, you know, you've got a lovely call to action, want to work together, let's chat. So. Clearly, I guess mm-hmm. the corporates will come there and they'll go, okay, I like the feel of this person. I like her tone. I like her approach. I don't want a blog bundle. I don't want blah, blah, blah. But yes, I do want to chat. So, you know, it's, an, it's a very nice, as you said, it's a nice reinforcement because I'm guessing what people, albeit from the sort of corporate side, are looking for is they're looking for more of the sort of independent blogger kind of voice. That's why they're coming to you in the first place. So, as you say, it can live very happily on the same website. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I have found absolutely no no trouble at all. And both of them reinforce each other. And I guess it's about thinking about your business. So, like I said, word of mouth is mostly mine. So my corporate's about 70%. I don't really need to market to them too much. But the mm. freelancer community do want that reinforcement. Um, they do want to know it's approachable, affordable, that is going to get them what they want. You know, they don't have money to to throw around and just see what sticks. And so that's why I wanted to create packages and a website that talks to them and puts them at ease and lets them know that I'm there to help. So yeah, that's, okay. you know, 30%. So that's kind of how the website works in comparison, I suppose, to like my business model. It's kind of yeah. the opposite in some ways. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so when what what about those situations where somebody comes to you, you know, I'm thinking of your, your freelancer um, potential client prospects, and they like the look of one of your bundles, maybe your famous blog bundle, but they want to sort of stretch it a bit or they want to modify it a bit. How do you handle that sort of thing? Are your bundles just, uh, do you use them mainly as a way to get people sort of through the door into conversation and then do you tend still to do sort of custom bespoke stuff for people or do you say, no, that's the bundle, that this is how it works? Um, no, I actually say this is the bundle, this is how it works. Okay. So I have some clients as an example because, um, like I said, remember my business, going back again to my business model, the purpose of them is to be like small, quick, easy projects that are fillers in between my bigger ones. Obviously, like I said, still get value and I enjoy doing it, but they're the smaller ones so I don't actually have time to customize them. And I always say to my you know, to potential clients, I always say, well, the reason why they're so affordable, you know, accessible for you is because I have a streamlined process that allows me to deliver you great value that I know will work every time. But also it's, you know, quite quick and easy for me. And if we want to start customizing, then I need to start charging you more because Mm -hmm. I need to change my processes. I need to add on interviews. I need to add on you know, I suppose like two weeks extra so you can go through 50 million different approval processes. Yes. If you want that, that's fine. You, but you can't different. have that package. 
yeah yeah so it's okay. different so Okay, yeah, no, that's great. Of- that's that's nice and that's clear. And again, I'm just thinking of people listening and and um, you know putting the notion of sort of packaging into their businesses. And that's a that's a great response, I think. And I guess that's a decision um, as uh, as an independent that we have to make. Is is am I prepared to stick like this, or am I going to allow a bit of kind of latitude? And if so, how? What about when um, how like when you look now at your your business, the packages that you sort of put in front of people? Do you, is, are these kind of living, breathing things that you modify, that you change? Will you add to them? Or do you think, you know what, this is going to last me for two years, three years? Or what's your, what's your kind of view on that? Sure. I guess you can modify them if you want. I wouldn't be modifying them too often because then people won't get to know you for those certain packages and certain sure. services. So then you can go back to the whole, so what do you do again? Oh, yeah, you do X, Y, and Z, and the list mm. is you know, gets really, really Confusing. big or people hear about you and two months later, you've got a completely different package. So yeah. my packages have changed for nearly two years. But in okay. saying that, my unique advantage package, if I'm just going to be honest, hasn't been going as well lately. I haven't really been targeting because my business and who I am is kind of changing. So right. that's probably going to be retired soon and replaced with the kind of land your dream job package where I do the same thing kind of a bit like my coaching package where I talk to you and I help you say um, produce like your LinkedIn profile, your CV, etc. So that's what people are asking me for now, okay. which is not too dissimilar for the unique advantage if you look at it, which is about analyzing your sort of profiles, your branding and helping you kind of reposition yourself. Sure. So I'm just tweaking it. Yeah, so that's at ne- so it's been two years in February since I flipped the site. So it's nearly two years. So yeah, that one really needs to be retired and switched in. But no, I wouldn't recommend changing them all the time. No. You should be addressing problems that you get regularly that will, you know, I suppose that the core problems that your target market have, mm. um, not just flippant, I suppose, you know, just flavor of the month kind yes. of yes. problem. Like the real part of the problem, build packages around that. And then you yeah. don't need to change them all the time. No, that's great. And I, it's so funny because I'm sure you'll have seen this as well. Occasionally I'll get onto a website and I'll look at packages and uh, that, or, you know, sort of um, propositions that people are putting out and you can all, you can read them and you can almost sense that this is really just somebody kind of throwing out a fishing line to see if anyone will bite um, you know and often in the vain hope that they will you can but um, there's nothing better than than putting things up and because they're in response to you know requests and uh, knowledge and you you clearly know the the hot buttons of your ideal clients and that's where those those packages reflect it but um yeah no i think that's that's a great strategy okay so look if we'd like to find out for people listening like to find out more and i'm sure they will have a look at some of your packages where's the best place we can go um you can go to my website so rachelkujup.com.au so it's rachel r-a-c-h-e-l-k-u-r-z-y-p dot com perfect all right well look rachel thank you so much i'm sure we'll we'll get you back in the future if if that's okay with you but i think that's a great um sort of insight to this whole notion of packaging services and and uh i would suggest anyone listening who wants to see how it's done have a look at rachel's setup it's really most impressive so thank you rachel and before Thank I go, you. don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business, we get you Flying Solo Premium Membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99. Head to our join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. 
We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 